Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Simsisms. Year and review. He's mature and wise behind his years. The way he leaded his team. Professional tiredoms. You know, militaristic. The green is not always grasser on the other side. He has to tote that line a little bit. I do feel like I've hit a, a level of dumber uh, or a deeper level of dumber than usual ever since I've been at the house during COVID-19. It is so much nicer doing the show from here. I feel so much, I feel like I can speak English better here. I really do. Legal gambling, property de- defamation. I'm just flushing this out, Mike. In shapeness, fall on empty ears, carotery in the locker room, subtle fugaziness. It's been a whirlwind for them. Insanity in the membranity. Toking the line, Death Vader lives for respectable, and I think he is in the in the leader house. Predictableness. Does that make sense? Probably not, but maybe it's a new no. sims- Simsism. Simsisms. Year and review. Wow, quite a year. Wow, quite quite a year. Whoa. When you hear them all like that, You're one right. after another. Wow. Wow. It, it confirms it. It stops it. being funny and it starts becoming sad. Yeah. <laughs> it confirms it. It's like everybody watching was like, you know, I knew that guy was an idiot. And this confirms it right here. I DVR this. So you, you got that on me, man. Did you notice? Did you notice the moment where I made the appearance during that week that I was green? Yeah, I did. Yes. Or at least it was a your, day or two jaundice when I had in. When I had worse than jaundice, I had jaundice and I had uh, gangrene and I had uh, 50 other things. My God, uh, they made me the Grinch. I was summertime Grinch yes, during yes. that day or two back Gosh. in uh, whenever it was the that there was an issue the with the filter. Pandemic. All the text all messages I got of, uh, you know, are you okay? <laughs> You're green. It's like, I'm fine. Yes. I'm not green. Uh, but yes, year and review uh, of the Simsism. That was well done. And uh, Way to go. I have a feeling there will be more. You have, yeah, I, I will give you this, though. You can be coached. Maybe it's because of your time with John Gruden, <sighs> but you have learned, as evidenced by not that long ago when you avoided saying whirlwind on NBC's Football Night in America, and you self-corrected yourself well, and said whirlwind. Hey, my, my level of play goes up in primetime, okay? So when it's primetime, English, B 
becomes a little bit more of a, a necessity. Okay, so yeah, I got first luck- of all, first of all, first of all, <laughs> we could put together a list of clips from <laughs> I'm sure from Football Night in America to prove that you're wrong on that point. Yeah, but on Whirlwind, you're right. Yes. Well, I I honestly literally in the moment was thinking about you in Simsisms as I was about to say Whirlwind. Uh, a whirlwind, and I <laughs> went went with the whirl. I was like, "Wait, don't do it right now, or I'll be on the opening <laughs> spot of the show tomorrow." So uh, I got lucky there, but yeah, I'm sure I'll invent other ones. Whether I'm culturable or not doesn't even matter because I will find a way to butcher some other new words as we go along, and we'll have to coach me up on those too. Well, we'll try to butcher some words here over the course of the next hour, second hour of this Wednesday edition of. Pro Football Talk Live, second to last day of the end of the year, although the 2020 season still continues. That's one of the things that always bugged me about the NFL. The season doesn't end in the year that it begins. And yeah. so you've always got to remember that the 2020 Super Bowl was played in 2021. And I try to I I just I still consider it the 2020 Super Bowl. Ex- yeah. That's right. that's not a leftover grievance, but that's always been an issue for me. Agree. The season doesn't end in the year that it starts. I get well. It's a confusing conversation when you're sitting there, you know, with your buddies or whatever, talking to foot, talking football, and you're like, you know, back in the you know 1986 Super Bowl, and then people look at the Super Bowl that actually happened in 1986, and you mean, oh, oh you mean the Bears? Yeah, over the Bears the and the Patriots, and you're like, no, that was the '85 Super Bowl. That's the '85 Bears. That's what they're known as, and that's it. It's 85. Yes, I know we played three playoff games in the new year. So you're right. It's confusing, but uh, I, uh, it's not going to get fixed anytime soon. I think there was a time where, and I have to go back and look, but when it was 14 regular season games and they started Labor Day weekend, I think you got maybe the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. Sometimes it was just the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. Early January, right? Into the new year. Yeah. 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 But now it's uh, early February, and uh, it's going to be deeper in February next year because there's going to be 17 regular season games. And I think eventually the Super Bowl will be played on President's Day weekend, closer to March 1 than February 1. I would like that. All right. That we don't need I, – well, I, I don't want work or, like, I used to I, – I don't – yeah. I, I want a day off after the day after the Super Bowl. I know we'll have to, like, talk and do that, but it yeah, should it's, be. It it's not a day off. It should be us. a national holiday. But every day is a day off. It should be yeah, a national holiday because, it, again, kids from school, work, you know, people at work, all, you're all staying up late. Everybody's having a few adult beverages and having a good time. It's, I mean, this is, it's part of America now. Super Bowl Sunday, it's like every bit the same as holidays in our country. So I, I hope it does go that way. Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the realities that, that the, uh, I think the NFL has been concerned about, if you'd have people traveling on that weekend, they won't be in their homes watching the Super Bowl, but the the ratings technology is changing in a way that they're capturing the audience wherever it may be. Right. So that's not as big of a concern as it once was. But but that I've heard that in the past, that that was one of the counters to having the Super Bowl on President's Day weekend. If people go visit family and you've got 10 people in one house instead of five people in two different houses, it affects the ratings and the calculated total audience but i think they they figured out a technological way past that all right it's power rankings time as we try to figure out which teams will make it to super bowl 55 to be played in 2021 even though it's the 2020 season and chris whoa we have a drum roll whoa yeah that's good not a drum roll but that's good enough the look i i have in in hindsight it should have been an easier call than it was. And, and let me peel back the curtain. This is going to give you an understanding of how 
careful and deliberate and calculated these power rankings are. I had the Chiefs at number one and I had the Bills at number two. I was looking for a good photo of the Bills and Chiefs together, right? Where I could show Bills and Chiefs on the same field because they're number one and they're number two. And, and I was looking through our photo providers. We've got to deal with Getty and we've got one with USA Today Sports. And I was And I found a photo of two players holding their helmets up and they were Bills helmets. And it was just one of those things that kind of struck me. And it's two, all you see is two arms holding helmets up in the air. And it's two Bills helmets. And I looked at it and I thought, the Bills are the number one team. Just looking at that, it's like, it just kind of hit me. You know, I don't care that the Chiefs beat the Bills. That was a lifetime ago as far as the NFL is concerned. That doesn't matter anymore. What matters is what's happened recently. And what's happened recently is the Bills have kicked the crap out of everyone they have faced. They have done it in prime time with everyone watching, and they dismantled, absolutely did to the Patriots what the Patriots did to the Bills and everyone else, frankly, for so many years. And here you got the Chiefs who had to, to, first of all, come back and take the lead against the Falcons and then hold on for dear life and have that young way coup, wrong way spin off to the side. Although I know there's a guy who claims he he partially blocked it. That still doesn't explain this thing moving like a boomerang away from the goalpost. Um, yeah, I made the Bills number one. And, and I feel good about it. And the more that time has gone by, I feel better about it. Because you know what? There aren't a lot of Chiefs fans that are losing their crap over it, in part because it doesn't matter. And I think you'd rather... You'd rather not be the top dog going into the postseason. You kind of want to have something where you can say, hey, they don't consider us number one anymore. That's an extra level of motivation. But still, I think that it's the right answer. I think right now the Bills are the number one team right now. That could change, but right now they're the number one team. Yeah, uh, listen, I, I mean, you know, first off, to your first point, like yeah, nobody gives a damn. You're exactly right about what week six, that matchup. That's forever ago. You know, that, 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 that doesn't mean you're necessarily better than that team at this moment or whatever it is. You know, you try to – to me, what's most important is the last five or six games, really. That gives you a clear picture or, or a better picture of what a team actually is at that moment. Buffalo have been really impressive. There's no doubt. I think you're crazy to make them one. I do. I'm sorry. I think you're crazy. 1A, number two, right on the heels of the Chiefs, but absolutely not number one. The Chiefs are the king, yes. And you know I love my boy Blue. Wow. But I will go into something you said. I know you are. I'll go into something you've said all year long. Hey, there's something about when you got the bullseye and you're the king of the hill and everybody's cracking at, you know, trying to get a a crack on you and try to, you know, take, take you out. There's something to be said about that. And even though Buffalo has been very impressive, there's no doubt, I don't look at their schedule over the last five or weeks and just go, whoa, that was murderer's row that they just went through. It was some good teams, no doubt. But man, the Chiefs, I know it hasn't been great, but they went to New Orleans and beat the Saints. They went to Miami and beat the Dolphins. They beat the the Buccaneers in the last five weeks in Tampa. To me, that even though it was ugly last week, I couldn't do it, Mike. I give you a lot of credit uh, for throwing it out there because it is really, really close right now. But I still, yeah, I think I probably would have put the Chiefs number one still. Hey, I, and look, I, 
I don't know that the Bills will beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, but I think if they played right now, the Bills would win. Yeah, I hear you. They, they should. Okay. Whatever this magic yeah. is that they have right now, they need it to last. That gets back to our argument from last hour. Right. Don't rest your starters. Right. Don't do anything to disrupt whatever you have going on. You're in an extended zone. This is Michael Jordan against the Trailblazers spread out over a month. Keep it going, right? Keep it, keep it alive as long as you can and hope it's still there when it's time to play the Chiefs. And don't look past your opponents before you get to the Chiefs, lest you not face the Chiefs at all. But I think right now, if they could arrange a game and play it right now, the Bills would win. Whether or not I feel that way when they actually play, if they actually play in the postseason is a different issue altogether. I, I am surprised, though. I thought you'd be on board with the Bills being number well, one. I, 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 really, I, I really am. They are, they are really worthy of a number one ranking. They really are. There's no doubt. I just... I think what I come down to is a little bit of your last statement. I still think even though Buffalo is playing better football and shown to be, yeah, consistently better the last few weeks, I just think if they were playing this week and it came down to it, I'm still picking the Chiefs in Kansas City. I am. I just as dangerous as I look at Buffalo and I look at them as one of the teams that I go, ooh, they could beat Buffalo. I mean, they could. this is one of the teams that can beat the Chiefs. I still think if it was head-to-head right now, I'd pick the Kansas City Chiefs to win that football game. I just can't – I can't bow down to their magic and their big game, you know, I, what is – I'm going to say prowess or whatever to just where they love that. And That's, I, that's I, close enough. That okay. works. Okay, it works. Okay, good. I wasn't sure if it did. I thought it did. It sounded right, but I wasn't sure. Good. I'm glad it worked. Uh, but, but you're right, and that's where I have hesitation because yeah. – the, the Chiefs keep taking the absolute biggest body blows that every opponent can provide, and then with the game on the line, they unleash the haymaker. And, 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 it, and it has a feel of inevitability to it. Last week, opportunity for A.J. Terrell, the Falcons' corner, to make a game-clinching yeah. interception. Didn't catch it. Next play, the P.I. dash dash missile, although we, I don't want to go there. The, the the just the rocket yes. from Patrick Mahomes rocket. to Demarcus Robinson and that's and you knew it was coming yeah. you knew it was coming and when you when you line up for the field goal to force overtime you, you just you could feel it in the air that you young Wake Coop Pro Bowl kicker is going to miss it you could right. just feel that it was going to happen so I I that that is a a very real dynamic and that's why I give the Bills a ton of credit because. The only way that you can overcome that dynamic of we're going to get you and you know it and we know it and it's inevitable, the only way you overcome that is when you walk in the door with so much confidence and so much swagger that they never have a chance to come get you, that you just beat the crap out of them. And in that moment where any other team would think, oh, no, here we go, that you're going to you're going to be above that because you have a level of confidence that none of these other teams the Chiefs have faced ever possess. That's what I think the Bills are going for. I think and right now yeah, they have it. I, I That's why I think right now, right now, if we could kick off at the top of the hour, 9 a.m. Eastern, get them together, play the game, the Bills would win. But by the time they get together, if they cross paths in the playoffs, I'm not sure I'm going to still feel that way. It's going to depend on what the Bills do. I mean, if the Bills, you know, we mentioned the 85 Bears a little bit ago. If the Bills go 85 Bears by way of domination. It's going to be more offensive than defensive, obviously. But if they win 42 to 14 and 35 to 12, or yeah. whatever the case may be, right. in the in the wild card round and the divisional round, if they're rolling into Kansas City with that kind of momentum, that's I'm still going to feel the way I feel right now. 
but it's going to come down to what they do in those first two playoff games. If they just dismantle people the way they've been dismantling people lately, I'm going to think they have a chance to beat the Chiefs. I, listen, I don't, I don't think you're crazy with any of those thoughts. I, I think that's very real, and I think, you know, again, like to your point, I think they are one of those teams that has that confidence slash cockiness to, yeah, hey, we're on the big stage, so what? Oh, yeah, you're Mahomes? Well, I'm Josh Allen, and I'm going to do some stuff out here too. You know, I, I feel like they've kind of gained they're, – they're in their lifeline like where the Chiefs were two years ago, like when the Chiefs first year with Patrick Mahomes. I feel like that's where the Bills are, where it, it's got to the end of the season and it's like we know we're, we're, we can beat anybody. We know there's this, you know, sleeping giant that we're going to have to face. You know, for the Chiefs it was the Patriots – but they felt confident that they could beat them back at that time. And, of course, you know, if D. Ford doesn't jump off sides or line up off sides, they're going to go to the Super Bowl that year. Buffalo should have some of those same feelings, too, with the way they've played, the things you've explained, and the biggest thing, like the Chiefs, the Bills have a quarterback who can do just about anything. I mean, anything. And just jump on my back, jump on my shoulders. I got us right now, no matter how we're playing, whatever. And that's where – Listen, all your points make a lot of sense, and it, and it, it will be interesting with them versus the Chiefs if that does happen. Another wrinkle that I had forgotten about because I was aware of it at one point, and I think we may have discussed it as the Bills-Chiefs regular season game approached. Mm -hmm. Andy Reid, the coach of the Chiefs, fired Sean McDermott in Philadelphia. Fired him. Yeah. Fired him. They can try to sugarcoat it now and say it was you know best interest or whatever. He fired him. He fired him. And the reasoning at the time was the, the J Jim Johnson – who had been the legendary defensive coordinator of Philadelphia, had passed. McDermott became the new defensive coordinator, and after a year or two, Andy Reid decided that, that the shadow was too long for Sean McDermott. He wasn't going to live up to Jim Johnson, and uh, that's part of this too, yeah. if and when they get together that in would the postseason. A yeah. couple of questions. Orion Chuzzlewit. I thought the rule was you were the king of the hill until you got beat. What gives? Is the measuring stick different for the Chiefs compared to the rest of the NFL? No, I changed the stand. I just I look, and as we go through these, if we ever get beyond the top two, because there's so much to talk about with right. the top two, this is the week that I decided, at least in the top ten, to follow your advice. I like it. And go with who would win if they played right now. So right. I shuffled it around. Because as we get I think as we get closer to the playoffs. That's a more relevant assessment. Yes. As we are right. approaching, right, who would win? Who would win? We're going to put them in here based on who's going to win because they're going to have these opportunities to cross paths coming up sure. very soon. And we know who these teams are setting. right now and everything. Like, right. I, that makes sense. I, 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 I think you're right there. I get that. You know, we have week 10. You might want to go more with the body of work right now. You're going to like, you know, how's this team playing right now and how do they match up if they had to play each other? That makes sense. And, and, and to, to that point, I mean, we've talked about it many times, you know, in, in your defense of these power rankings or, or this question, uh, you know, uh, the, like after you get done with the top four teams, it, it's, it's, I don't know, pick your week. I, I, the, the teams are so close there. Yeah, we know the Bucks and Seahawks are really damn good, but it's just, it's been kind of a shuffle through those teams maybe we have a little bit of a clearer picture right now than maybe ever before I feel like your top seven is on point really your top eight I, I think maybe I would have put the Seahawks in front of the Bucks but other than that I, I think those are legitimately 
the top eight teams in football right now. And I, I, yeah, I, I see it that way, and I would have a hard time well, seeing it any other way right now. Chris, I was going to put the Seahawks on top of the Bucks. Right. I didn't feel good about moving Tampa Bay up six spots, but I went back to your guiding principle. Okay. Who would win if they played right, right now? And I think right now, line them up right now, Tampa Bay would beat the Seahawks right now. Yeah. Whether or not I feel that way when they play each other in the postseason, and maybe they will, maybe they won't, that's a different story. The but right one. now, look, I put a ton of stock in what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did to the Detroit Lions. And I know there's a question down here, and let me let me go yeah, ahead and give is. the person credit who planted this idea in my brain. This is from Dead Armatillo. Not sure Tampa Bay should move up six spots after beating a Lions team without Matthew Stafford and 80% of their coaches. They have only one win versus a team with a winning record. The way that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because we look, all these teams are NFL teams. I don't care if you're down to the interim, to the interim, to the interim head coach, and if you're down to the backup quarterback, we still see teams like that be competitive and not get blown off the field. It's the NFL. Right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had their way with the Detroit Lions, and Tom Brady could have thrown for 600 yards if they had left him in the entirety of the game and yeah. kept attacking. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Saturday reached where we thought they would be much, much earlier in the season. They are peaking at the absolute right time. They have figured it out. They had that late bye. Since that bye week, they have been dramatically better, especially offensively. And one of the things Bruce Arians said after the game is basically, we're done deferring if we win the coin toss. We want the ball. That's their new mindset. Let's get our offense on the field and let's go score. Let's not give the other team a chance to get up 7-0 or 3-0. We're taking the ball and we're going to score, Matt Hasselbeck. And that's that's the mindset that they now have. And I think it's all happening at the perfect time. And again, that's why I moved them up as far as I did. Because as we get to the playoffs, they are finally getting to the point where we thought they were going to be all year. I, I, I'm I'm with you there. I got no problem with that. I think that's, you know, like you said, the, the Seahawks versus the Bucks. that's a 50-50 ball game right now. The Bucks, the way they've played on offense the last few weeks since that bye week, yeah, they've had a few stale moments like in the start of the Minnesota game, the Atlanta game. But come back playing a style of football, I think, to, to your point where we go, whoa, this is high-level stuff. This is good as, you know, this looks like cream of the crop NFL football team. And, and again, I don't give a damn about the Lions thing last week either. How many times do we see teams fall into that trap and then fall asleep at the wheel and all of a sudden they're involved in some football game, you know, with a team that, that shouldn't be close? The Bucs didn't do that. You know, and, and I understand Bruce Arians. You got Tom Brady, execution, first drive. Yeah, you got a chance to go down there, score points, do all that. I'm with you, Mike, with the Bucks all the way. You know, I know people talk about, oh, you know, they only got one win versus a team with a winning record. You know, I don't know if that's true, right? The, the Las Vegas Raiders are still have a winning record right now, aren't they? Um, Green Bay Packers. I don't Packer. think they do. Yeah, are, they, are they officially below? Am I, yeah, they're 7-8. and eight. All right, so it still is one win. Yeah. I thought it was two. But um, – Okay, their losses, other than that second Saints game, you know, oh, lost by three points to the Rams, lost by three points to the Chiefs, you know, and weren't, like, outclassed. And I, I think to your point, too, I think if they played the Rams right now, I, I'm, I'm taking the Bucks all day long, no doubt about it. I think the Bucks have a better idea of who they are as a team now, and that's finally coming to a, a pinnacle here to where we're seeing the, the best version they can be. Teams get better, teams get worse, teams rarely stay the same. The Bucks have gotten better since their bye week, and we've seen it the last three games. And the Bills are number one because they have gotten dramatically better 
since their bye week. They took that Hail Murray and they turned it into a positive. And they have not looked back and they have won. And I know it's not a murderer's row of opponents. They have won every game by double digits. And they have four straight nationally televised games where everyone is watching. There's no tightness. There's no nervousness. There's no anxiety from the Buffalo Bills. They show up, they kick your ass, and they go home. Yep. And that is the mindset that Sean McDermott has instilled in his team. Yeah, I uh, agree. The, there is a confidence and a you know a glow, for lack of a better way to say it, about them right now. You could see it within them. It, it shows on TV, I feel like. Just the energy and the way they hop around, the look on their face when you see close-ups, all of that. There's a looseness and a belief that you see from the top teams in football. You know, like you could see it with the, the 49ers last year when we were in person and on TV leading up to we saw that. We've seen it from the Chiefs the last few years. It doesn't necessarily mean it ends up being in a Super Bowl, but it means that they're in that class of the conversation, and I think clearly they are. And I think clearly – they're one of the two best teams in football right now. Whether you think they're one or two, it doesn't matter. I think you're totally justified at having them you know, at one. I got no issue with it. Yeah, I'd put the Chiefs at one, but they're definitely one of the top two for me. I'm with you there. Here's a question from Javian, number seven Ravens. What made them jump the Steelers and the Dolphins, who both won last week? And look, I violated my standard rule, and it's kind of the old school Back to when it was the UPI college football rankings, where you don't fall if you lose. You don't fall if you win. Excuse me. You don't fall if you win. You only fall if you lose. And yeah, the Steelers won. And yeah, the Dolphins won. But the Ravens are getting better and better and better. They have that same thing. I put them in the same category as the Buccaneers and the Bills right now. Sure. Peaking at the right time. Winning games when they need to. The Ravens are that team. And, you know, every year around Thanksgiving, there's that team that is kind of floating around 500 and they find the gas pedal and they find themselves in playoff games in December and they just keep winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. And they're very dangerous. We talked about that earlier. The Bills don't want any part of them in the wild card round. The Steelers don't want any part of the Ravens in the wild card round. And the Ravens are going to be a problem for somebody in a couple of weeks if they get in. That's why I moved the Ravens up to number seven. And that's what's amazing. Can we show the full power rankings? That's yeah. how crazy this year is between the AFC and the NFC. In the NFC, you've got the Giants at 27, and they still may host a playoff game. You've got the Ravens at 7, and they may not make the playoffs right. at all, Chris. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It, it is crazy. And I think you're fine. Ravens at 7? I wouldn't be mad if you had the Ravens at 4. Uh, the, with the way they're playing the last few weeks – yeah, I think they got it going. Plus, they're healthy again. Yeah, they went through a little stretch where they lost, you know, a close game to the Tennessee Titans. That could have gone either way. They could have won. You know, they lost a Pittsburgh game where the first time around, they really messed it up. We talked about it. They outplayed Pittsburgh, you know, but Lamar Jackson holds the ball too long in the five-yard five line. Strip sack going into score. Throws the pick six. You know, the second time around, they had the COVID-19 issues when they played them. And still outplayed the Steelers. Lost a close football game. Probably get, I mean, I feel good they might win the football game if Robert Griffin III can just continue. You know, so they went through a little bit of a lull in the season, were a little unlucky and unfortunate, and played some good teams, but have righted that ship. 
and been dominant ever since, and we've seen improvements, and I'm with you. I, I think they're they're very scary. There's no doubt. I mean, Bills, Chiefs, you know, clearly the top two teams in the AFC, but I look at the Ravens as that other team that can upset that party somehow, some way, and maybe beat both of them or maybe just beat one of them to where, you know, now they got to play one of them in the AFC championship game. But I think they are, you know, uh, what do I want to say? They're, they're – they're, they're the number one team to watch out for. I think they're far more dangerous in the postseason as that team that is coming up on the outside, not the front runner. Because we saw it last year. We saw it as 14-2. and two. It didn't work. Yeah. The year before, they had a home playoff game. It didn't work. This is a team that I think needs to have that edge, that chip on the shoulder, that we're going to show up and we're going to screw up your season. And look, they, they got a taste of it last year of what it's like to have a special season screwed up. So they got a chance to screw up Kansas City's special season, Buffalo's special season. I still go back to what Lamar Jackson said after they lost to the Chiefs on the Monday night week three. And my God, that seems like a long time ago, but it really wasn't that the Chiefs are our kryptonite. They need a different attitude about the Kansas City Chiefs because they have played them competitively yeah. and they could beat them. Definitely. They could beat the team. And, and you know, before I get too excited about a Bills-Chiefs AFG championship game, yeah, the Ravens could screw it up. Yeah. And when we're watching the Ravens play the Chiefs or the Bills in the divisional round, we're going to be fascinated by the possibility of the Ravens winning. And immediately after that happens, we're going to say, crap, there went Chiefs-Bills, Chris. Well, they might, but I'm not going to be too, like, I'm not going to be, too, you know, in mourning too long there. I'm going to be, oh, damn, we lost Chiefs-Bills. Okay, we get Ravens-Chiefs. Well, we got Ravens-Bills. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or Ravens-Bills, either way. I think if you give me any of those, you take those three teams, I don't give a damn what combination we put them in. You make that the AFC Championship game, I'm happy. Uh, that, that, to me, is, you know, will be can't-miss football. And they're Super Bowl-caliber caliber football teams, but – yeah, I mean, Mike, I mean, the Ravens versus the Seahawks, the Bucks, all of that. I mean, I think they're right in the class of those teams. You obviously think the Bucks and Seahawks are a little bit better. It's 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 right there with it. I mean, I, I again, those that's very close right there, you know, all together. Dolphins at number nine. Uh, they moved up a spot after beating the Raiders on Saturday. Mr. J. Rangers asks, what's your coach of the year pick, Brian Flores, for taking a 32nd-ranked defense to number one? And look, I was all over the Kevin Stefanski bandwagon before they lost to the Jets. And when you look at what Brian Flores did and how he navigated that minefield on Saturday night and how he's found this perfect balance of when to use Ryan Fitzpatrick, when not to it's use amazing. him, stick with the rookie Tui Tonga-Vailoa, keep your locker room from having a full-blown wait-for-it schism. Remember that? The schism in Minnesota when Brett Favre came until they saw what Brett Favre could do. Then there was no schism anymore. Th that, to me, is making Brian Flores a viable candidate. That's why they don't take the votes until after the season ends. Because I was all over Stefanski. But, hey, you know what? If the Dolphins get in and the Browns don't, it's easy. The Browns have to get in for Stefanski to even be considered. The Dolphins and Brian Flores, uh, yeah, what they've done is special. And you could argue that what Flores has done is more special than what Stefanski's done because Stefanski inherited something better yeah. than what Flores got last year. And it's almost like he's getting credit for last year, too. Right. But, but that's part of the story, how bad they were. They were tanking. They were horrible. They were awful. And then all of a sudden, he started to turn the tide. And we've seen it this year. I, I'm, I, it's, get back to me Monday 
because uh, it could be Flores by the time it's all said and done. He's right there in the running, at least for me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think for both of us, of course, yeah. It's 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 amazing what they've done down there. Him and Chris Greer, the vision they had a year ago, the moves they made, you know, that was amazing. And, of course, yes, he's improved the football team. You know, we showed those stats there and everything like that. Yeah, you know, they're the 20th-ranked defense as far as yards allowed. But I think that's like – that's that's another stat that I think is falling by the wayside here. Because, like, Nicole, can you put up that graphic again by the, the Miami Dolphins? You know, the NFL's changed. You know, the game, you know, because I hear this a lot where it's, you know, oh, guys don't tackle as good anymore and do that. Okay, maybe not. But I don't think they care anymore. The game is about just like baseball, home runs and strikeouts. There's no more. We don't care about base hits. Okay. We want to not let you score, and we want to take the ball away. And we want to get you off the field. And it's, you know, on offensive football in this day and age in the NFL, it's about big plays and scoring touchdowns too. Oh, great. Yeah, your completion percentage is awesome and you move the ball between the 30-yard lines. It doesn't matter. But that's the big thing. You know, they people move the ball on them, but they make plays on the defensive side of the ball almost every game that are game-changing. And that's where, you know, they've been really special that way and his balance and everything like that. Mike, I don't know. To me, it seems like it's the hardest year ever to pick coach of the year. I, I, I really, like, you talk about him. How is Mike Tomlin not, like, legitimately? Sean McDermott. I mean, are you kidding me? Matt LaFleur is the most underrated head coach I've seen in the history of football since I've grown up. I mean, the, all the guy does is win, and he took over a tough situation. 25 and 6. I, it's, that's 25 and 6. That's insane. So, I mean, you think of all those aspects, and I, I don't know who you pick out of that crew right there. Yeah, you're right. And Ron Rivera, we have to right. mention him for what he's done in sure. Washington. They may still win the division. Andy Reid. Payton's done great things with the right. Saints. Andy Reid with the Chiefs. Holy cow. You know, Bruce Arians, the way the Buccaneers are coming on. Right. Uh, it, 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 and and – yeah, it's it's not going to be. That's easy. a tough it one. Could, and this this is why I say these awards need to have first place, second place, third place. It can't be one vote, all or nothing per person. Because I, I like the idea that there's a final tally that gives some recognition beyond whoever wins it. Um, and this year, there, I think there will be multiple names. It's not going to be two guys right. splitting the vote or, you know, 40 and 10 or whatever the case may be. It's going to be four or five names, maybe more, who end up getting votes before it's all said and done. All right, let's take a break. One guy who could be coach of the year every year, except this year, Bill Belichick. Is he sold on Josh Allen as an MVP candidate and or elite quarterback? And did the folks from ESPN maybe talk out of school when sharing – observations that Bill Belichick had or didn't have about Josh Allen. We'll discuss that next here on the FT Live. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Is Cam right now the starter for Sunday against the Jets? Yeah, we're, I would imagine, but we're going through that now, so we'll, we'll see. Oh, Bill Belichick, uh, always keeping his cards close to the vest, even when it doesn't matter anymore. Cam Newton, Jarrett Stidham, doesn't really matter, other than to evaluate what you're going to do in 2021. An interesting wrinkle, though, that came up during that game on Monday night, the 38-9 victory by the Buffalo Bills. A couple of times during the broadcast, once before the game started and again right before the third quarter kickoff, Brian Greasy of the ESPN Monday Night Football crew said that, and let me get the quote right, before the game he said, talking with Belichick this week, he didn't buy into the Josh Allen craze. He said, you know what, we actually played pretty good defense against Josh Allen when we played in November. Then right before the start of the third quarter, Greasy said, that's part of the reason why, and that being Allen's statistics from the first game, part of the reason why Bill Belichick told us this week he wasn't buying into the Josh Allen MVP craze because he didn't see it in that first game. We took care of him in that game. Belichick was asked about it after the game, specifically asked about what the ESPN crew said as it relates to the uh, the the Belichick dismissing the Josh Allen MVP craze. And Belichick said, I don't know what they said. I'm on the record on that. And look, you're always on the record at a press conference, Chris. When he added, I'm on the record on that, that is his way of pointing out that what you say in these production meetings is almost all the time off the record. Unless they say you can talk about this, you assume you can't. And the fact that they did, and this happened, remember, earlier in the year with Nick Foles and Matt Nagy, and there right. was some stuff they said, and it created a brouhaha. They, they, they better get these guys up to speed on what can and can't be said as a result of these production meetings. Because my guess is Bill Belichick, although he's always mad about pretty much anything and everything, he has reason to be upset about this. If he was conveying his views within the confines of this off-the-record discussion, and it gets attributed to him in a way that's going to make Josh Allen motivated to beat the Patriots' butts every time he plays the Patriots twice per year for the remainder of his career. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a there's a code of conduct. I, I think that's the that's the biggest thing. And you know, again, uh, you, you you know, it's it's there's conversations. You're talking football. We know all that. But I think a statement that like Bill Belichick is trying to say there is, yeah, that's one you'd usually don't pass along on the telecast. You know, hey, Belichick feels good about what they did against Josh Allen the first time around. They did a good job bottling him up. I don't think, yes, Bill wanted that quote itself being thrown out there, that he doesn't buy into the hype or all of those things. Yeah, he sees it a little differently because, you know, of course he's going by what he saw with his eye in person, and the in-person test didn't pass it for him the first time around. Might be different now, but, yeah, that's where, as an announcer, and I've announced a handful of games back in the day too – where you you, you got to go back in your room at the end of the night 
and go, okay, wait, I wrote this down. How can I say this without saying this? How can I do this without attributing this to someone who actually told me and those type of things? And yeah, unfortunately uh, for Bill in this case, his, his dirty laundry got aired out a little bit. Sometimes you got to step on that third rail a few times to realize you need to avoid it. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I look, I, I, I've just, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that this is happening and somebody needs to explain. And, and I look, I don't want to be overly critical, well, but it's, but, but it happened. It's out there does, when they asked Belichick about it. And he says, I'm on the record on that. That is the clue to all of us that whatever he said was not on the record. Well, I, I you're right. I, exactly. I, and I read it almost differently. You know, I'd like to see the actual clip and, and but, but when I read it, I want, I almost felt like he was like, he was going like, I'm on the record for that. Like they're like, like almost like I'm on the record for saying that about Josh Allen. Like basically I thought it was almost like an ask like that no, way. That's, I think, I okay. think he, I think that he, I haven't seen the delivery the way that it was prepared by the Patriots. There's no question mark. It's, yeah, I don't right. know what they said. I'm on the record on that. And I, in the context of the transcript makes sense. My though. conclusion is, yeah. and I believe this is accurate is that he said, um, I, I'm on the record on this, that right. I don't know what they said, right. meaning I wasn't on the record with whatever I said yeah. uh, to them. And uh, that, that, I think, is where things get a little bit antsy and a little bit awkward, and the damage is done. because, I, And who knows? Are we going to remember this when the Bills and the Patriots play next year? There's a chance we will. There's a greater chance we won't. But someone is going to remember it. Somebody's going to dust it off. Somebody who covers the bills is going to ask Josh Allen about it. Some way, somehow, it's going to motivate. How would it not? Would it not motivate you? If you knew, if, if you, knew you had to play the mastermind of coaches twice a year and someone reminded you that he doesn't think that you're as good as everyone else does or as good as you really are, isn't that going to give you some extra motivation as you're getting ready to play? Definitely. No doubt about it. Yes. I'm thinking about it all week, thinking about it as I throw a touchdown pass, you know, thinking about, oh, I want to look over there and tell him to shove it right now. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of crap that football players love, you know, to have that you know, in their brain, just a little bit of extra motivation. And, and you can hold that type of grudge for, for a while. You know, certainly you, you can bring it into next year and, and make it personal that way. Uh, Bill is not a guy that likes to make those kind of comments be known. We know that he's the master that way. And any, you know, coach coaches in those type of meetings all the time say things like, oh, he can't play at that position or that guy's not as good as everybody says. You know, that's where when you're in the business of covering a game. You just you got to know, like, he's saying that for me not to air that out. Like, that's a good tidbit. I, okay, maybe that guy isn't as good as I thought. Maybe you can go back and watch what he said there. That makes sense. But you don't say it as in, like, he told me that he doesn't think that guy's good anymore. That That's a no-no. It's a dangerous game, though, because what Bill Belichick was trying to do, if he said what he said, and again, Greasy said it twice. If he said what he said, He's trying to influence the narrative that's going to be attributed to Greasy, not to Belichick. It's genius, but it's also fraught with peril because there's a chance that the guy you say it to is going to say, you're the one who said it, which is exactly what happened. So it kind of blew up in Belichick's face. But he was trying to use, you know, the force of personality, the Bill Belichick reputation. I'm going to load these guys up with stuff that they're going to go say 
And it's going to help create this idea that what's the big deal with Josh Allen, right? So it's 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 genius if it works. If it doesn't, then then somebody's scraping up some toothpaste and trying to put it back in the tube. Uh, that's greasy for now, but the reality is it could stick to Belichick and the Patriots when they face the Bills next year. Let's take a break. When we return, we have a an interesting draft. The wild card matchups we would most like to see coming up in just about 10 days. More PFT Live right after this. Kevin Dorofield appreciates the year-end review of Simsism. Great stuff from you guys all year long. It's been a whirlwind in the leader house. A different <laughs> spelling for leader house. I kind of like that spelling of leader house. Like uh, all right, we have, a, we have a leader house for today's trivia question to determine the first pick in the draft of the wild card matchups we'd most like to see. The Titans, Colts, Ravens, Dolphins, and Browns are all 10-5, and five, and one of them will definitely miss the playoffs. What was the last 11-5 and five team? Because one of these teams could miss at 11-5. and five. What was the last 11-5 and five team, Chris, to miss the playoffs? Well, this is like what color is blue. It's blue. That's what I, I was mean, saying during the break. Are you kidding Thanks, me? Pete. I mean, what, like Pete, what, what is Pete? Like, that's the dumbest question ever. Of course, it's the 2008 New England Patriots. I mean... What color is red? They're the Pete? only it's eleven. Red. They're the only eleven and five team to miss the playoffs. Now, if you'd ask the last ten and six team, the la- they're not the only eleven and five team to miss the playoffs. All right. Well, Chris already got the question right. If there if there are more, there's not more than one more. Um, ten and six. Who's the last ten and six team to miss the playoffs? That's a good question. I'd have to look that up. And yeah. I just wrote something about it not that long ago. All right. Uh, Chris, go ahead. You get the first pick. Matchup in the wild card round. You most want to see. Well, man, this is a this is a tough one because there's so many damn good possibilities. Um, I think the one that I would love to see is Saints versus Bucks. I think that's probably my number one choice. Now, I don't know exactly how that would have to work out. I think the Saints would probably have to lose this weekend, and you know, Seattle win to where they're the three seed. And then Tampa would have to lose and the Rams would have to win, right? That would make it a 3-6 matchup. I tried to do this as somewhat realistic to where it could maybe happen, even though I don't really see that. But wild card weekend, awesome. Here we go to start the playoffs. And if we could have one of those games be Brady versus Breeze and the Bucks versus the Saints and two teams that I look at and go, they could go to the Super Bowl and win it, uh, that would be pretty damn awesome. I'm not sure that the Buccaneers could reverse the outcome from the first two games, though. I'm as intrigued, if not more intrigued, by another division rivalry where there was a sweep during the regular season where I do believe there's a good chance that the team that was swept could and would win round three, and that's Steelers-Ravens. That's the one I want to see. That's the one the Steelers should not want to see in the wild card round. But I think if the Steelers and Ravens get together again, number one, it'll be a great game. And number two, I think the Ravens will win, Chris. Yeah, I I I, I hear you there too. You know, that it's a that would be a lot of fun to watch. And it's it's rare where, you know, one team loses twice and you feel like that team that lost is 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 better in that matchup. I mean, it really is rare. And I will say, too, I think as a professional athlete, when you've lost to a team twice, you are at a disadvantage. It it is a little bit of like, wait, we've lost twice. I don't know if we can beat this team. It's one thing when you've lost once, you can just go back and go, hey, if we fix this and this, we win the game. 
you lose twice to a team, that third time you just go, man, maybe we're just not meant to beat them or we curse. There, there is a psychological element there that I find intriguing. And I'm going to go back to my next pick is going to be one that we talked about earlier in the show. I don't want to see it because I don't want these two teams, one of them to be canceled out. But Bills versus Ravens wild card weekend would be just unreal. Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen, that high fly in Bills offense and Stephon Diggs and, you know, uh, Cole Beasley and all of those guys. We'll see who Cole Beasley's knee is, all that. I know he's got the injury there, but all of them versus that Ravens defense and, you know, the Ravens offense, I think, is feeling itself right now. Lamar's playing well. They've even found a way to infuse wide receivers into the game just enough to keep you off all their other stuff. So that would be a fun one for me, Mike. Yeah, I agree with you there. And again, the Steelers and Bills should want nothing to do with the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs. I'm going to go with, frankly, what would have been my first pick if you hadn't gotten that incredibly difficult trivia question <laughs> correct. My first pick, and I, I knew I could sandbag you on this because I, I knew you weren't going to take the Bucks in two straight games, and I tweeted this yesterday. The matchup that most intrigues me is Buccaneers at Giants. We've talked about this recently. The history between Tom Brady and the New York Giants, a pair of Super Bowls that the Giants won. And I know Eli Manning's not walking through that door. It doesn't matter because the two teams played each other on a Monday night. Such a close game, a game that the Giants could have, should have won. Remember the pass interference call in the end zone that that really should have been called and the Giants should have had a chance? Was that on the two-point try at the end of the game? That's what it was, right? Yeah, I think so. Would have been 25-25 and they right. would have gone to overtime. Joe Judge and all the Patriots coaches who are now with the Giants who know Tom Brady so well, that's the one I want more than any other. I apologize I didn't make it my first pick, but I knew I could wait to round two and still get it. I probably could have waited to round three. Yeah. But Giants hosting the Bucks is the one I really want to see. It's cool, but you could have waited to round six and it still have been there, okay? I mean, I, you know, I, but, but yeah, I, there is some cool storylines there. I don't know. Anything with the NFC East, I'm like, Bleh. I don't give a damn. I don't. But, but the last two times that we've had sub 500 teams host a wild card game, they've won. I I know. I get that. I I don't I don't see that to be the circumstance right now with the Bucks and the Giants the way they're playing. But there is a lot of cool storylines there. I will say that. I I feel like man, we're picking a lot of the same teams over and over here. Um. I, I wanted to go with Tampa Bay and Seattle. That, that was another one that jumped out to me that I'd love to see. I'd love to see Tom Brady have to go up to play the Seattle Seahawks, the team that he's beaten in the Super Bowl and had issues with in the regular season and all those things, and Russell Wilson and Seattle. And, wait, this defense has looked really good the last five or six weeks in Seattle. Are they real? Can they stop a Bucks team like that? You know, that, that that to me would be another one where I'd go, man, that would be an amazing way to start wild card weekend. Russell Wilson versus Tom Brady, all of that. Two teams with a little bit of attitude. We know the Bucks play attitude. Of course, the Seahawks do. Uh, that That's probably the, the, the last one for me that's really intriguing. I've got Cardinal Seahawks on my list because we saw that great game earlier this year. And then the Thursday night game, the rematch was still pretty, pretty good. good when yeah. Kyler Murray hurt his shoulder. But I'm going to lay off of that one since you just went Seahawks. I am going to wrap this up with the last one I thought of as I was brainstorming the list. And I thought of it earlier this year as a potential NFC championship rematch two years later. Yeah. But 
Put the Rams back in the Superdome. Right. Rams-Saints, the return after that ridiculous non-call of defensive pass interference. Now, I think the Saints would handle them easily, especially if Jared Goff can't play. But but just put those teams back on the field again in a single elimination setting. I would love to see that. I'm with you there. I, I, that, that would be good. A lot of fun to watch, definitely. It was gonna, that would be personal. And there would be cer- certainly something more than just playoffs on the line to where, you know, there's a bad taste still in the Saints' mouth. All right, quick break. When we return, a little news about Super Bowl week and more evidence of how it will be unlike any Super Bowl week we could ever remember. More PFT Live coming at you right after this. Fantasy Football Championships came and went this weekend. And uh, a tweet that made the rounds yesterday, this is uh, something that obviously arose from this past weekend of games. My uncle passed in October. He was the all-time commissioner for the 10-plus years I've been playing. He somehow made the championship, and the other guy did this. You go out as a champ. Love you, Chuck. So uh, uh, zero points, all the players removed, and... Uh, that nice, nice gesture worked out well. Um, so, uh, I, I, I don't know what I do wrong with my fantasy football leagues, but my championships are this weekend. I need to adjust it next year. So they're, they're week 16, because then you, you do avoid that whole question, Chris, of who's playing, who's not playing, who's starting, who's not starting. I need to do fantasy football one time in my life. I've yet to do it and I am intrigued by it, but I, like I've always told you, I'm Annoyed by it, too, because I always have people asking me damn questions about it. The real football championship comes in early February when Tampa hosts the Super Bowl. One thing we reported last night, the two teams are going to stick with their normal routines all week long and travel to Tampa as if it was a normal road game in Tampa. So they're not going to be there all week. They're going to stay in their homes. They're going to be at their facility, and they're just going to fly in, presumably on Saturday, and play the game the next day. Chris, it's never happened before. No, that's crazy. I mean, you know, the part of the Super Bowl I love is the buildup. And every day, you know, seeing the players there, doing the press conferences in the city and all that, we're going to miss that. But I don't care. I'm just glad we're going to have a Super Bowl. I can't complain too unbelievable, much. Unbelievable we've gotten through the right. full season. We've gotten through the full show. See you tomorrow. Have a great day. See ya. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.